want to say thank you uh, to the visitors that we have for choosing to be in service with us. Uh, Sister Angela brought one of her friends, Diana, I think is her name. Good to have her and uh, those babies with us this morning. It's good to have Corey in service with us. And uh, I know Sister Bobby's proud to have him and uh, just all of our visitors. I met a few this morning for the first time. So thrilled to have you in service with us this morning. We're going to allow our children to be dismissed. Got a good group of young people this morning. And I uh, appreciate Sister Paige and our little ones. If you have your Bible, you want to read with us, we're going to be reading out of the book of Psalm, chapter 32. And uh, I want to announce that on Friday of this week, which is the 11th, we'll be having Valentine's Banquet. And I have been instructed to inform you that you don't even have to have necessarily a sweetheart. So don't call it a sweetheart banquet. Because some people may want to come and they're single. So uh, if you want to come, that's the whole purpose, is we just enjoy being with one another. This is our church family, and uh, we're going to be preparing the meal. There's no charge. It's just uh, an invitation for you to come and spend the night with us and enjoy one another's company and one another's fellowship. So uh, you are invited on Friday night, there's a list out front. If you plan on attending, that'll help us know how much food we need to prepare. So if you haven't signed the list and you uh, plan on attending, you'll help us out by signing that list. We greatly appreciate that. I want to say that we're praying for Brother Eddie Morris. He, uh, he was with us on Wednesday night, but it's kind of relapsed a little bit. And uh, he went to the doctor and they told him he has... Uh, pneumonia set up in his lungs. He didn't know that, but he's had struggle with his breathing. So uh, he's at home trying to recuperate uh, from that. So continue to pray for Brother Eddie. Also, uh, Brother Steve's on the road to Nebraska, and uh, a lot of those roads are icy. So uh, we pray for traveling mercy for him. He's supposed to fly back, but I uh, pray that uh, he makes his way there safely and uh, makes it back to us. Also, uh, Brother Don Hinkley, who's a great friend of mine in the Lord, uh, went to the hospital last night with uh, chest pains. He has had three heart attacks. I think his heart functions at about 30% from damage of the previous heart attacks, and uh, he felt like he was having one last night, so they, they took him uh, to the hospital, and the doctor said he did not have a heart attack, but they're uh, running tests on him today to try to figure out what was causing the chest pain. So uh, let's be in prayer for Brother Don. He is one of the best friends I have in this life. And I know when I'm in need, he prays for me relentlessly. He is a man of prayer. That's the church he pastors is called the House of Prayer. And I know why he felt led to call it that, not only his, uh, from the scripture that my house should be called a house of prayer but because Brother Don is a, indeed a praying man so let's remember him this morning and also uh, Brother Ray not last night but the uh, night before last around midnight had chest pains as well and they took him by ambulance to the hospital he's still there I believe Sister Faith I remember right told me that he didn't show a sign of a heart attack, but that they were 
run a test on him as well, uh, trying to figure out why he's having chest pain. So, uh, like I said, we live in a hurting world, but we serve a Savior. He's mindful of our needs, and he's a healer. And let's be praying for those that covet our prayers. Psalms 32, we're going to begin reading with verse number 1. Psalm 32 beginning with verse number one. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no God. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee and mine iniquity have I not hid? I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Amen. I want to use verse number one. Blessed or blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And then in verse number eight, to the blessed man whose sin has been forgiven or whose transgression has been forgiven and whose sin is covered, to the blessed man, he said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my I, I want to preach on the blessed way or the way of the blessed. The way of the blessed. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray today you'll speak to our heart by your spirit and through the word. Anoint our ears to hear what the spirit has to say into the church. God, give us understanding where the scripture is concerned. God, show us the error of our own way. God, if there's deception in my own heart concerning, God, the way that I walk or the, or the way that I live or the path that I've taken, enlighten mine eyes and let me be not deceived. I pray, Lord, for those that are sick and infirmed in their body for complete and whole heal, healing and soundness and wholeness and wellness to, to touch them this morning. God, you are a healer. With your stripes, Lord Jesus, we are healed, and we praise you for that. Meet us around this altar. I pray, God, we'd all leave full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, grant it, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? amen? If you wanted to, I don't have time to, but if you wanted to, you could break this psalm literally into three different divisions. You could break it down in verses 1 through 5, and you could talk about the blessings uh, of a pardoned life or the blessing of being forgiven. Man, that preached good, wouldn't it? Right. Then you could break it down from verses 6 to 7 and talk about the blessings uh, 
of a preserved life. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the flood of great water they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. You could really preach on what a blessing it is to live a life that's being kept by God, to live a pure life and a holy life kept from the wicked one. But I want to preach to you really beginning in verse number eight on the blessings of a prepared life or a planned life. Really, it's a chosen life, a cho life chosen by God for us. He said, I've come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. God do doesn't just throw blessing on you and say, there it is. All right, go away. That's what a lot of parents do. Here, here's what you want. Get out of my hair. Leave me alone. Go away. The Lord doesn't do that. The Lord said, I'm going to give you abundant life, and the abundance is going to come as you walk in the path that I have chosen for you. I'll just tell you what that path is. It is a straight and a narrow way. Jesus said, not just any way, he said, I am the way. It's a life of abiding in Jesus Christ. That is the way, the blessed way. And I want to talk to you about it this morning. These last four verses is where we'll uh, deal with the most. Uh, I want to call it the way of blessing. Having been pardoned or forgiven, preserved and kept God's plan and will for our life is for us to walk in a guided or a planned or a chosen way. He would have us to know where we are and where we're going and what our end is going to be. God wants you to know where you are. He wants you to know where you're going and he wants you to know what your end is going to be. I want to talk first about this way of blessing is indeed a divine way. It is God's way. And it's been purposely prepared or chosen for us. In verse number eight, he said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. In Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has before ordained that we should walk in the way that he has chosen for us. We're not intended to wander aimlessly in the wilderness of sin. God has a better way. God has chosen a way of abundance, a way of blessing, a way that leads unto life everlasting. And God's plan for our lives, you can see it in the Old Testament, was out of Egypt and into Canaan. Egypt, a type of sin that was slavery and bondage, out of Egypt into Canaan, a life of abundance and blessing. It is a spirit-filled life. This way is not only 
been purposely prepared or planned, but it's also been personally prescribed for you and I. He said, I will teach thee and I will instruct thee. It's God's chosen plan and prescription, not for a general mass or mob or crowd. God prescribed this life for you. Well, that's the way my papa lived. That's the way my mom and dad lived, but I got my own way. There's only one way. That's right. <laughs> the old song said it was good for our fathers. It's good enough for me. Amen. It was good for our mothers. It's good enough for me. Amen. Give me that old time religion. Oh my, it's the way that God has prescribed for me. Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. He is personally prescribed for me, but it may not be identical to the way that he has planned for you. But we both recognize that we are indeed being led by God. Meaning this, I'm walking the life that God has personally prescribed for me. That is a life of a pastor that also evangelized, that, that also has a heart for missions. But you may never pastor a church. You may never go on a mission trip uh, and you may never run a revival to feel like you're doing an evangelistic work, though you can be involved in many areas of evangelism. I'm just saying God's plan for me may not be identical to God's plan for you, but the plan is be born again. The plan is be full of the Holy Ghost. The plan is let Jesus order your steps and be what he's called you to be and be doing what he's called you to do. That's the plan. Amen. Some, the Bible said, he's given to some pastors, some evangelists, some teachers, some missionaries. Uh, the Bible said that uh, he's even given unto some the gifts uh, of help that they are, they, they go along the side of and they help the ministry. Whether it's uh, in, in some form of laity, whether it's in giving, whether it's through intercessory prayer. God knows every church needs uh, altar workers. People that have a burden for other people that come and pray and their calling is to help people pray through. To help people touch God through prayer. We need that. The Bible said pray one for another that you might be healed. He said confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another that you might be healed. The word fault there means infirmities or weaknesses. That's the reason why we have prayer requests. People confess, I'm sick. People confess, I, I've dealt with uh, my, my neck issues again this week. Don't know what brought it back on. It's not as severe, but it's just there. And I've asked people, hey, my neck's come, the, the pain's coming back. Need your prayers. Need the Lord to touch me and heal me. Believing for complete and full healing. Amen. That's uh, how we get healing, the Bible says. Listen, there, there's the ministry of health. The apostle Paul was assured that Christ had personally prescribed his way. In Acts 9 and verses 15 and 16, But the Lord said unto him, Ananias, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, 
to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and to the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He knew he was called by God. He knew what God's plan for his life was. And at the end of his life, he said, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I finished walking out the planned way that God chose from my life. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness that fadeth not away, but not unto me only, but for all them that will love his appearing. Amen. He lived a planned life. And he lived it out, uh, a plan way, God's way. When Peter asked Jesus, uh, hey, what about John? What's going to happen to him? You know what Jesus answered? What is that to you? If he tarries uh, all the way to my second coming, what's that got to do with you? My plan for you is to feed my sheep. And, it, and his answer was in response that Jesus said to him, he said, you know, that there's coming a day when men are going to bind you and carry you where you wouldn't want to go on your own. He was describing the death that Peter would glorify God with. They crucified Peter like they crucified the Lord. And he said, what about old John? What's going to happen to you telling me I'm going to die for the gospel? What about old John? What's going to happen to him? Don't worry about uh, the way that I've chosen for him. Uh, you just surrender to the life uh, that I've chosen for you. I know people that say, me? Why, why's God putting so much uh, on me? Why does he expect me? Oh, so-and-so, he's not doing anything for the Lord. Don't you worry about old so-and-so. You're not going to stand before God over what old so-and-so did or didn't do. You're going to stand before God on what you did or didn't do. Amen. This is God's chosen life for me and God's chosen life for you. Amen. This blessed way is not only a divine way that's chosen and planned out and prescribed by God, a way that we must go, but it's also a revelation of his divine will for our lives that we must know. In verse number eight again, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. In Genesis 24 and verse 27, Eleazar for I, is sent to look for Isaac, a bride, and he's sent by Abraham, who is a type of the father. Isaac is the son. And Eleazar is a friend to the bridegroom. He's a type of the Holy Ghost. He is sent to gather, to seek out and gather a bride for the son. That's what the Spirit of God is doing in the earth today. Is to seek out and gather a bride for the son who is soon to return. And this is Eleazar's words in Genesis 24 and 27. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I Listen to this. I being in the way, 
the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. <laughs> Eleazar led by God back to the land where Abraham was because he said, you go back to, to, to Haran where I'm from and you find my brethren, a land that God called me out of and told me not to return to. You go find somebody of my household, a bride for my son because he won't marry a heathen. He won't marry somebody that worships a false god. Amen. And he said, suppose that I can't find them. Can I just uh, get me anybody, you know, among the surrounding lands? He said, no, if you can't find them, you come back empty-handed. My boy ain't marrying this world. Amen. My boy ain't marrying this world. And he prayed, Lord, show me the way. Lead me in the way. Help me to find my master's people so that I can find his son a bride. I don't know the way. I've never been this way before. Lord, would you show me the way? And when he finds that beautiful young lady that's willing to water his camel and all the men that are with him, all of their camels. I've read that a camel, if he's dry, been walking the for, for weeks in the desert and he's dry and his body stores water. That's what the large humps are. He, he, can, he can drink at one drink if he's empty. He can drink up to 32 gallons of water. And he says uh, to, to young Rebecca, will you water? He said, Lord, let it be with the women that come to this well. And I ask of the one who's going to be Isaac's bride. Let it be that the one that I ask, will you get, will you draw water for my camel and for all of my men's camel to drink? Let it be to the girl that says, I sure will. Let her be the one. Don't you know there were a lot of women that said, ha, who are you? I might draw water for my husband. I might draw water for my boy, but I ain't drawing water for you. Don't you know that a bride or the bride of Christ will have a servant's heart? This church exists to, 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 to serve lost humanity. Oh, to break bread and serve it to people who haven't prayed, who haven't read their Bible, who haven't sought, but we have so that you can enjoy the blessing and the benefits of a Savior who wants to reveal himself to you. That's the church. That's why we exist. Rebecca comes up and he said, ma'am, you don't mind, would you draw me some water and water for all these cameras? If that bucket coming up out of the well holds a gallon. She might have to droop 32 times just for Eleazar's camel. And maybe 32 times per camel. But she did. 
And this was his prayer afterward. Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren and had chosen a bride for his son. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech thee, therefore, brethren, but by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God as your reasonable service, that he may, that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. It's a divine way that we must go, but it's also a divine will that we must know that you may prove or that you may know what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. It's not three different wills of God. You've got the good will of God and the acceptable will of God and then the perfect will of God. It's not three different wills of God. God doesn't have three different wills. No, it's one will of God being described in three different ways. God's will for you is good. It is called the good will of God toward his people. Amen. God's will for you is acceptable. The word acceptable means pleasing. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You want to be well pleasing to God? Then abide in Christ. Then walk with Christ. Then love Christ. Serve Christ and your life will please God. Amen. Amen. He said, the perfect will of God, and that's God's perfection for us in his son. How can I know this good and acceptable and perfect will of God? In verse number eight, I'm just... Marching all through this verse, we're kind of driving this one verse home. I will instruct thee and teach thee the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee. You have to listen to God. That's how you know what the will of God is. We listen to God how? Through his word. If you're not a student of the word of God, then you don't know what God's will is. Don't talk to me about the, well, I, I, just, I just feel led to go here or go there. I feel like God wants me to throw your feelings out the window. What does the word say? And it's only when you get in God's word does God start talking. Woo, that's good, brother Eddie. Amen. The reason I tell you that, you can be deceived by feeling. This very man, Isaac, marries Rebecca and they have two boys. You know their names, don't you? Jacob and Esau. Esau was very, the Bible said hairy, meaning he had a lot of hair on his body. And he was a man of the field. He was a brutish man. Jacob was not so. He was soft 
and fair to look upon, and he liked to stay at home with his mama. And the Bible says he knew how to cook. He was a homebody, homeboy, mama's boy. <laughs> and so Isaac catered to Esau, and Rebekah catered to Jacob. They had, you know, daddy had his pick, and mama had her pick. And I ain't saying that's God's way. I'm saying that's the way it was with Isaac and Rebecca. And so when Isaac, his, he had some kind of sickness that his eyes grew dim. It may have been that he had a stroke. It affected his eyes. He thought he was dying, but he didn't. He recovered and he regained his eyesight. But he thought he was dying and his eyes were dim that he couldn't see. And he said to Esau, I need you to go out. And find me some venison. He liked deer meat. Amen. See, it's biblical. <laughs> he said, find me some venison and cook it just the way I like it. Backstrap, boy, on the grill. If you want to wrap a little bacon around it, that'll be... <laughs> no, they couldn't eat bacon. But... Find me some venison, and his wife, Rebecca, heard what he was saying and said to Jacob, said, you go and fetch me and one of the kid goats. I'm going to make it up just like I know your daddy likes. He's not going to know whether it's a, a kid goat or a deer. I, and I want you to go before him. He said, look, Mom, he's going to know it's not me or it's not Esau. Because Esau is such a hairy individual. And I'm not. I'm fair-skinned. She said, the, the kid goat that I kill, you're going to wrap his, his hide, his fur around your hands. And I'll wrap it around the back of your neck because I, I know your daddy when he prays for you. He's going to grab you by the hand around the back of the neck. I'll fix it. So he wraps goat skin on his neck and around his hand. He said, Father, I found the venison that I prepared it and I brought. He said, how'd you find one so quick, boy? He said, the Lord just brought me one up. Lord just sent one my way. Every hunter's prayed that prayer. Lord sent him my way this morning. Lord sent him my way and I put him down. Just early this morning, I'm already got him cooked and it's back to you. And he said, well, come near so that I can feel you. He said, because your voice sounds like Jacob. He felt in his hand and felt the back of his neck. He said, though the voice sounds like Jacob, but you feel like my son Esau. And he said, let me try that venison. And this tastes like what he would make, and he blessed Jacob. You know what? He was deceived or fooled by a feeling. My sheep, the Lord said, will know my voice and will not follow anybody else. That voice sounds like the voice of Jacob. Jacob was a supplanter. He was a deceiver. That voice sounds like a voice of deceit. Don't tell me what you feel. You'll be fe fooled by your feeling. Tell me what God has to say in his word. 
Tell me what God last said to you in his word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord is what Romans 10 and 17 says. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. God is speaking. Are you listening? Amen. That's the only way you can know the will of God is to hear him, what he's saying to you. Amen. There have been a lot of times somebody, hey, you're called to preach. You're anointed. You're God's man. We, we, we're looking for somebody that's called to preach. We're looking for somebody that's anointed to be God's man in our church. <laughs> and I've gotten phone calls since I've been at Bible Way. We're, we want to know, would you come and just preach for us on a Sunday morning? We know you're at Bible Way. We know that God blesses you there, but we want you to come. We're looking for a pastor and just come and feel it out. Just come and preach for us on a Sunday morning and Sunday night and fill it out to see if it feels like God. And I've had some of my buddies call and say, look, I know you planted Bible Way. I, I know that's where you feel like, but just to go, just fill that thing out. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Why would I put feelers out? I don't trust my feelings. You know what I would rather do? I'd rather kneel right here and let God tell me. When God had me to start this church, I didn't ever want to pastor again. I was at Brian McDonald's church. He was in Corpus Christi, Texas. And I come up with my own plan. I said, I love you. You're my best friend. I, I don't want to pastor again. I want to serve God. I, I want to do all the things that God has called me and anointed me to do, but I want to help you do it here in Corpus. I said, we'll just move. He was needing an associate at the time. I said, I'll just move here. I said, me and you can, you can play, I'll sing. You can preach. I'll do all the hospital visitation. I, I'll do evangelism. I'll do whatever you need. I'll... I'll do missions. I'll do. You won't have to do nothing but just preach. I'll do all the leg work, laity ministry because I know how. He said, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. He said, I don't think God's going to let you do it. But I would, I, I would love it. He said, you pray about it. And I said, I will. I will pray about it. And I thought, this is going to be the easiest prayer I ever prayed. Lord, this is what I want to do. You said that you would give me the desire of my heart. This is what I want. This is what I'm asking. This is going to be good. Because me and this man get along great. We're going to work good. We're going to be the greatest tag team duo the kingdom's ever had. And I got down on my knee. In prayer meeting, and I put my head down, and before my mouth opened up, the Lord said, no. 
And I said, but, and he said, no. He said, I have a plan for you. My plan for him is here. My plan for you is back there. You know what the Lord told me to do? Get out of here and get back to Alabama and there I'll speak to you and there I'll reveal my will to you. And in prayer, by myself alone, God said to me, I'm going to have you to start a church. I'm not finished with you in Alabama and that's where you're going to be. And do you know God has never told me anything else. I have the cause of just come and fill it out. And I said I won't do your church that way and I won't do my church that way. I'm not going to flirt with her with this being my bride. I said I'm going to pray and if God says come preach for you, I'll come preach for you. But I'm not coming to feel nothing out. Uh, and every time I've got down on my knees, God said, haven't ever changed my mind about Foley. Haven't ever changed my mind about Baldwin County. Haven't ever changed my mind about what my will is for you. So I don't even think about it. Uh, why? Because God has told me in his word Told me at the altar where I'm to be and what I'm to do. I'm not yielding to what I feel. Could I have gotten a bigger salary? Yes. Could I have gotten another congregation? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, anywhere you are, you're going to find problems. Anywhere you are, there's going to be tests and trials. Anywhere you go, you're going to find difficulty. Surrender to the will of God. That is where God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. I got to hurry up. Verse number eight, he said, not only, he said, will I instruct thee? He said, I will teach thee. You got to listen to God. When you listen to him, you need to learn of God. We learn of God through Christ. In Jesus Christ is the will of God most perfectly expressed. He said, Lo, it is written of me in the volume of the book, I am come to do thy will, O God. If you want to look at the what the will of God for every man is, then you follow Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him or Learn of him. Yeah. Amen. He said, uh, he said uh, all ye that are heavy laden, he said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, come unto me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yeah. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest unto your soul for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. He said, learn of me. Verse number eight, we, we're told to look to God. Not only to listen to him, to learn of him, but to look to God. I will guide thee with mine eye. He said, we look to God through the Holy Ghost, by his Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10, I have not seen, ear have not heard. He said, what the things that God has laid up or prepared for them that love him. He said in verse number 10, but God have revealed them unto us by his spirit. 
I've never seen heaven, but I know it's real because he's given us the earnest of our inheritance by the Holy Ghost that shed abroad in our heart. Ephesians 3 and 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. I will guide thee with mine eye. The master looks upon his servant and he knows where it is you're supposed to go and what it is you're supposed to be doing. John 16 and 15, all things the Father have, have are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it yeah. unto you. Curse if you help me, I'm finished. The way of the blessed or the way of blessing. Not only a divine way that I have to go, his divine will that I must know, but it's also his divine wisdom that I'm called to show. Wisdom is knowledge being applied in the right way. The Bible said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives unto all men liberally and abradeth not. You can know the will of God and yet not live in obedience unto the will of God. You can know that this is the way, but not be walking in it. Unto every child of God that knows it's the will of God to be filled with the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit and has yet to make it their purpose in life to do that, you can know the will of God and not walk in it. And the Bible says that this is unwise. Ephesians 5 and 16, he said, Be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But in verse 15, he said, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then verse 16 says, Be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's unwise to be drunk with wine and to walk your own way. But it's the will of God for you to be full of the Holy Ghost and walk in the Spirit of God. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wisdom. In verse number 9, be not as the horse or as the mule. Don't be mule-handed. You know what that means in Alabama? Quit being so hard-headed, so stubborn. Do you know what God said he's going to do to you if you are mule-headed? He's going to put a bit and a bridle on you, and he's going to make you, through hardship, turn right and left and stop and go because you're too hard-headed. To listen to. God is going to send hardship and trouble and trial to make you pray because you won't pray unless he does. Woo! God's going to have to put hardship and trouble in front of you to stop you from going that way because you won't listen to him when he's trying to tell you don't do that. 
Refuse to be stubborn. If we're stubborn, we're going to be bridled. That means we're going to be disciplined because we won't be disciplined through prayer. Resolve to be obedient. In verse number 10, many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. We'll know God's goodness and we'll know his gladness. Mercy is his goodness in verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy all ye that are upright in heart. One of my buddies, brother Jason Steeds was just preaching him a little series on shouting, rejoicing and praising that it's the right thing. It's sad you can't get people to shout anymore. I just talked to him privately. I said, buddy, shouting is the end result of living a victorious life. The reason we can't get people to shout is because they don't pray. The reason we can't get people to shout is they never open a Bible. The reason we can't get people to shout is they're not walking in compliance, in trust, in fellowship with our Lord. There's no victory. But the man that trusts in the Lord he said, shout, be glad, and rejoice, ye upright in heart. You're living God's life, God's way. And this is an abundant life, a life that's going to be met with victory, joy, peace, and triumph. You can just shout before the answer comes because you know what the end result's going to be. God's not going to fail me. God's not God is not going to fail me. You're sick. You can shout for joy. I got me a healer. You're down. If you're oppressed, you can shout. Even when you don't feel like shouting. Because the Lord is going to raise me up. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, I'm struggling right now in my finance, but this is the way God's chosen for me. I can shout the victory because I know he's Jehovah Jireh. He's going to meet my need. I'm young, now I'm old. Never have I seen a righteous man forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. God's going to put grocery on my table. God's going to pay my bills. I'm not living for what this I can get out of this world. I'm living what I can do for God. Somebody's here this morning. You're struggling to live this life and you're trying your best to do what's right. But you're kind of got feelers out. What do I need to do? Where do I need to be going? And the Lord said, you need to Listen to me. You need to look to me. You need to learn of me. I've already mapped out your life for you. I've chosen a life that's so far better for you than what you could ever choose for yourself. Don't be deceived by your feelings. Don't listen to nobody else or try to let them map it out for you. 
this is the day that I've ordained for you to seek me and to hear me and to know for yourself from me. Would you meet me in this altar this morning? Let's do that very thing. Let's seek, let's seek the Lord together. God's got a chosen way, a prescribed way just for you. Amen. Just for you.